Hola, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hardly Thriving. I'm Alexis. And I'm Brittany. And yeah, it's been a while. It's It's been a little bit. I think mostly it's my fault. No, <laughs> we're just busy bitches. Hella busy. And um, yeah, the last episode we recorded... I left on a trip and then I was sick for like a month so I didn't have my voice and you know we just wanted to provide quality episodes so she was catching flights she ain't got time for peasants I was like what podcast <laughs> no. plus you were Who sick for three years <laughs> <laughs> my immune system is fragile no but I'm all better now but how was your trip everyone wants to know well if I must um it was a lot of fun uh it went by really fast. The food was amazing. People were so nice. It just went by too fast. Like, I feel like 11 days, even like two weeks isn't enough to like explore a country. Yeah. Especially Italy. Oh my gosh. I, I for sure want to go back. Like, it was just beautiful. Yeah. Your pictures and stories were beautiful. If you don't follow her on Instagram, too bad. Affectsism, if you're interested. <laughs> A F E X I S M. Just kidding. <laughs> no, but yeah, it was a blast. How have things been with you? Um, same shit, different day. Yeah, <laughs> just working, busy, busy AF, busy AF. Well, it's kind of slowing down now that the holidays are here. Oh are yeah, approaching. Well, since we work in retail, as some of you may know, holiday is obviously really stressful for us. We've been like working on holiday for a few months now but we're in the thick of it we're almost there yeah we're all dead inside yeah so it's been really busy with work which was like another reason that there was a delay with like getting episodes but you know we're in a good place now and this is gonna be a really good episode I'm excited to start getting into it Mm -hmm. um but I'll let Brittany like recap on what it's gonna be about (laughs) (laughs) um so I guess for this episode we kind of wanted to talk about being in an interracial relationship because the both of us are in one. Um, I'm Mexican and my husband's Filipino and Alexis. I'm biracial. So I'm half Mexican, half Tongan. And my boyfriend is also biracial. He's half Chinese and half white. Yeah. So it's really interesting. We, we did actually like never thought about that. Until like a while ago, we we're like, "Whoa, we're in an interracial relationship." It's really bizarre. Like we, you think about it, but then you don't really like, like put a label on it. Like, hey, do you want to be in an interracial relationship with me? Yeah, like I've never like thought about it as like, oh, that's different, or that's um, I've never like thought into it. But I feel like a lot of other people will ask like, "Oh, what are you guys?" And yeah. like, then I'll realize like, "Oh, we really are from." you know, two different, like, cultures and backgrounds and... Yeah, there's, like, moments of realization where you're, like, oh, wait, yeah, like, we are, like, we have our differences, you know? Um, But it's interesting because when I'm with Isaiah and we're, like, in an environment where it's, like, like, for example, a Filipino environment, people think I'm Filipina, and then when he is in, like, around my family and stuff, they think he's Mexican. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> yeah, so it's super interesting. Oh. And for those who don't know what, like, biracial means, 
Um, it's just someone whose um, parents are from different ethnic backgrounds. So my dad's from Tonga. And then my mom is Mexican. So that makes me biracial. Same thing if um, you have one parent who's like white, one parent who's black, or any other um, different type of background. But um, yeah, I think it's so interesting, especially now you're starting to see more. Yeah, it's like the new norm. Yeah, it is. And I mean, it's really our future, like especially in the U.S. Like everyone's going to be multiracial. Yeah, what did they say in 2050 the majority is going to be... Oh, no, I, think, I feel like I have heard a statistic like that. That's pretty yeah. crazy. But, I mean, it makes sense. Oh, yeah. You know? It's crazy. But I guess, like, touching on, like, moments of realization, I think one of the things that I think comes up most in our relationship is just the language barrier. Um, <clears throat> my first language isn't English. It was, it's Spanish. And, and with my family, that's 99% of the time. That's what we speak. Um, my mom knows like how to speak English and she understands it, but obviously it's like, it, it takes her longer to process it and it's, she's not comfortable speaking it as much. So most of the time I find myself translating whatever my family says to Isaiah and like vice versa. Um, and sometimes it gets, like, frustrating because, like, sometimes you hit cultural things where, like, it doesn't make sense in English or, like, you get caught up in, like, a story. Like, my uncle tells a lot of stories and I don't have time to, like, translate word for word. And then I feel bad because I don't want him to feel left out. Yeah. Yeah. We don't <clears> – <throat> I don't actually have to do that with, like, me and Chris. But, like, there are other differences that make it – um just, like, maybe difficult to understand each other, like, um, just, like, different traditions, and, like, my family's really close, whereas his family's more, like, reserved, and just, um, you know, he, he is half white, and, like, his family was brought up very different from, like, my family, mm -hmm. and so just having him, like, understand, like, I don't know how to explain it, just, Certain things, like, I don't know. I don't know how to... POC put... things. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't want to say that because I don't know. Yeah, but, I mean, let's be real. But yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people who are in interracial relationships have those hurdles where it's like either language barriers or cultural differences mm -hmm. or um, even getting along with the family because most of the times, um, like, for instance, my mom always wanted me to date someone from like a Latinx background yeah. and my dad wanted me to date someone who was Tongan and it's like, well, that didn't happen. So now you need to accept like who I've decided to be with. But you, you do hear that a lot though. Yeah. And I mean, especially like from my experience from being, you know, Mexican, being from a Latinx commu community, it, there's so much like even anti-blackness too. And yeah, like my mom growing up, wanted I think she never like specifically told me but I know that that was preferred for me to go out with someone who's also Latinx yeah preferably Mexican too and I just always knew like it's just not my preference and I it's not like I wouldn't be open to it it's just because I grew up around so many like Mexican men I was like I will not deal with that like I'm not picking up their plates I'm not gonna ask permission to do everything to cut my hair like just a lot of like sexist bullshit yeah that I, I had in my head like I will never marry a Mexican man um so I think because of that experience I always looked at you know 
outside of that realm but it was like very frowned upon and it was like stated like you know just don't come home with a black guy yeah and i'd be like what the fuck why and then my mom eventually came around and you know she doesn't say those things anymore but i mean it's still like really real in our community oh yeah and i think a lot of people can relate to you know having like heard that from somebody or um maybe like another race too Mm -hmm. um like um for example i had a friend growing up who was white and you know both her parents were white and her parents would say the same thing except they would be like um like you should only be bringing home uh, like a white guy Mm -hmm. and i think that like stems into another issue where like your identity should be your choice so i'm mexican and tongan and just because i am doesn't mean i should be living my life Mm -hmm. um the way that like i don't know how like how to put it but you get pressures from like both sides like I'm not Mexican enough. I'm not Tongan enough. So how should I be living my life? And I just realized, like, you need to live your life the way you want. Make your own choices. Like, you choosing to date someone out of your, um, like, outside of your your race, like, that's your choice. Mm -hmm. And I think more people need to understand, like, that's okay. Yeah. It's definitely okay. And I think just hearing, like, from you, because I am full and I do have, you know, like, I guess even that privilege within itself for me to be like, this is my background or whatever, even though it's kind of fucked up and we're super mixed and like, yeah, you know, Mexican people are super raped. 2% Chinese. Yeah. (laughs) No, but seriously. yeah. But like, but it's still like, you know, I know that like that's my culture and like, that's what I'm seen as whether I feel like I I could see how confusing it would be. Like it's almost, you have to choose. Are you going to choose to like fully embrace being Mexican or are you going to fully choose to embrace being Tongan? Oh, yeah. I think that was something I struggled with up until primarily 20s was I have to choose between the two. Um, I'm never enough of each. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't I don't speak Spanish fluently and I don't speak Tongan fluently either. So it's like you get criticized because you're not enough mm-hmm. or you're not acting enough or you're... Um, it's just like a constant battle and then you're constantly having to like switch up how you are around each side of your family. Um, And it's just, as a young child, it was so confusing. Like I would just go to school and I would just make up something like, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I would just make up like, I'm black and white. Like I would make up Mm. things because it was just so confusing for me to have to explain like that I'm from these two different backgrounds and like then people would just ask a lot of questions and I felt like I was never cultured enough on either side so I would just make up things yeah I'd be like I'm full white (laughs) (laughs) but it was always so confusing and it just yeah it still is I bet I think the only way I can relate to that is just like I am an immigrant but I was raised here since I was like three years old so sometimes I feel like you know, like Mexico is my home, like my home too. And I miss it. But when I'm there, I can tell that I'm like, I was not raised there, you know, compared to how my family speaks and how they act and their knowledge. I'm like, whoa, I feel really American. But when I'm here, I don't feel like I'm accepted as an American. It's like, I guess I can relate to it in that way. Do you feel like you have like a better sense of belonging in like Mexico or here or... I feel like 
the U.S. is more like what my home is because I that's what I know. That's what yeah. I was raised in. But I guess like because of white supremacy and all that bullshit, like I still don't feel like I'm accepted. And being an immigrant, I just obviously don't feel welcome here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of the things that I realized, like, between Isaiah and I, Isaiah, like, was born in the U.S., like, you know, and, um, like, his parents went to school here, you know, and they speak English, and um, he doesn't understand, like, the immigrant experience very well. Yeah. So, like, I think we clash in that sometimes because I'm so passionate about immigrant rights, and, like, I feel being an immigrant so tough, especially right now in this time it's really hard to be an immigrant so like sometimes when I feel like he doesn't understand me or like why I'm sad or something it's challenging yeah because he doesn't understand that yeah yeah and I think that that happens especially in interracial relationships is like there's a lot of learning opportunities Mm -hmm. Um, especially just with that instance like you kind of not like educating him but like having to share your perspective and really try to have him understand, Mm -hmm. you know, how you feel about certain issues and like how you feel as like an immigrant. And, you know, sometimes, yeah, he, he probably wouldn't understand or, and I I think a lot of other people in interracial relationships can relate to where it's so hard to get your spouse to like understand like your side of things or cultural differences. Mm -hmm. Definitely. It's complicated. It's super complicated. And yeah, it's just, and the cultural part, like, I don't know if you have this with Chris, like, but there's certain things like in my culture that are a thing, you know, and like, for example, I can remember when we first started dating and me like driving to meet Isaiah to like go on a date or something. My mom really hated that because like, I guess traditionally and very old school, like my family's very much like he, if he wants to date you, he needs to come pick you up. Oh yeah. He needs to come pick you up and take you to the date, you know? And then I had a curfew, like none of my friends in college had a curfew. I had a curfew when I was in college, you know? And so he had to respect that. Like he would have to come pick me up, say hi to my mom and then take me home by like 11 o'clock until I graduated college. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was um, pretty similar to my experience, too. And if me and Chris did hang out, and this was, like, same as you, like, in my early 20s, I'm 18, 19, you know, we'd be hanging out with my family the whole time. Like, that would be our time together. Your date. <laughs> yeah, like, there was no, oh, let's go somewhere alone. Or, Your mom's you know, yelling at you. Hell, yeah, it was. Or, like, Chris, right away, though, he, I feel like he got really comfortable with um, just, like, helping out around the house a lot and like helping my mom and just kind of like assuming that role. Um, and like my mom was the same way too, where like, no, he needs to come and ask me if he wants to like take you out Mm -hmm. and he needs to pick you up and he needs to pay and be the so-called like man Mm -hmm. of, you know? Um, and so yeah, that happened for a while. And then I'm like, I'm going to do things my way. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little, like, I mix things here and there where I'm like, oh, I'm not, like, you know, this is important for me. Or, like, you know, like, Dia de los Muertos. Like, mm-hmm. I still make my own alt- little altar for my dad. And, like, I include his dad in it, too. And so, like, he likes learning about those things. But sometimes we do run into, like, oh, I love that those though. cultural, like, obstacles where 
I don't know. Like, maybe it's because I... I guess, like, in Mexican culture, like, we tend to be really close with our family. Oh, yeah. And we are very family-oriented, and I'm very close with my mom and my brother. But because we are such a small family, like, sometimes, like, he has a really big family, and they all live within, like, a mile of each other. Yeah. So, like, it's, like, a lot of events here and a lot of events over here. It can be overwhelming. It's really overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... um you and Chris have that in common. We're like a smaller family and my family's really big and, and it can it be exhausting and he can be around people who are thinking differently than he is saying things differently. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's overwhelming. You probably just like, at least for him, when he first met my family, he's like, these guys are crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you're just not used to it. You've never been exposed to this before. Yeah. Or like, I think, like, the number of events, it's, like, very constant. Oh, yeah, party every weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, I love it. But because I'm so, like, I'm a very anxious person. And, like, I learned that, like, I'm introverted. I always thought I wasn't because I'm not super shy. Like, I cannot do that much. And I'll, like, get depressed if I have too many events going on. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah. And on top of that, having to, like... Because I'm the oldest sibling, I assume a lot of responsibility for things or like I help plan a lot of parties mm. or I just do a lot. And so for me, it can be like really exhausting. And mm. I can only imagine for someone like Chris or you, who's not like used to being around that many people all the time, how exhausting it. And you just probably never get used to it. Yeah. Except when you guys have like 12 kids. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's true. Yeah. And I think, well, Isaiah is like the younger sibling and I'm the eldest sibling too. So I agree. Like we have a lot of responsibility and like, we're also like immigrants. Right. So like, I always grew up having to like translate papers. I didn't even understand when I was like five years old. So like if anything happens, if like, you know, my brother's not doing well in school or whatever, like my mom always calls me for things and it's like, I have to fix it. I have to figure out things or like, what does this letter say? Like, I still have all of these responsibilities. And I think like culturally we have that weight on our shoulders. And I feel like sometimes Isaiah doesn't understand that because he is the younger sibling and he doesn't have that weight on his shoulders. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, why do you have to worry about that? You know? And I'm like, well, I have to figure it out. Yeah. Those are big cultural differences for like, you know, I'm dating someone who's half white, half Chinese, and I, I have assumed a lot of responsibility too. And like my dad, he's an immigrant and he doesn't read English that well, so I have to help him with a lot of documents and stuff mm-hmm. too. And when I like tell other people that, oh, I have to go help my dad with something, they're like, but why? Why? Like they don't understand. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's just a cultural difference that a lot of people, I think, maybe don't understand because they're like you're an adult why can't they just figure it out but you're like no I'm like I've always assumed that role and I feel like it's my duty to do that yeah even like for the rest of my life yeah like as weird as that sounds but I mean I'm sure like a lot of other people can relate if they have like immigrant parents Mm -hmm. or parents that don't maybe like read or can um, can, like read or write well or something you know it's not easy yeah and like I think about like you know, like, my mom came here by herself, you know, no money in her pocket, like, no job or whatever, and she still, like, made it for us, and I'm like, who am I to, like, say no to her, you know? It's like, you never can pay back that sacrifice. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's a huge weight. So you feel like you just owe them forever? 
And I think that's one of those things too, where I say like Isaiah doesn't understand that immigrant experience sometimes. And I know he tries to, and he really tries to empathize. But I mean, honestly, like unless you're living it, you really don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. But I appreciate the effort when people do try to understand and they take the time to educate themselves and get involved with things. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think that like that's amazing. And we need more people to try to understand that, you know, you hear way too often, well, why don't they just, um, apply to be citizens like the right way or do this and that. Yeah. And it's like, if it was that easy. Yeah. It wouldn't be such a problem. Exactly. So I think, you know, people really just need to educate themselves, um, before assuming things, especially about like the, the immigration process and, um, yeah. Yeah. It's really tough. Um. But, I mean, I, I think about, like, our, like, you said the statistic of the future, and, I mean, that's going to be our children, you know? Like, they are going to be multiracial. Yeah, and we really need to pave the way for them, because even though it is common, there's a lot of interracial couples, it's so common. Like, I was reading the other day um, on the, was it, like, the U.S. consensus, and they said, like, 15% of couples are interracial, but even though it's becoming more common, I feel like people aren't, like, it's still a strange concept to them, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, cool, how exotic, you guys are, yeah. you know, like, that's at least what me and Chris would hear, or, like, us getting treated differently based on our racial identities, like, me and Chris will go out to eat, and people hand him the checks to pay, or they only talk to him when we walk mm. into a store, um, and that really irritates me, um, just because... Like, I don't know what, you know. They probably think he's white. Yeah, his white identity for mm-hmm. sure. And he notices it too. He's like, I don't think it's fair that they're treating you differently than me. Like, we came here together. Why would they assume that yeah. I'm the one paying or I'm the one that's making decisions or, um, you know, it's it's a frustrating. Yeah, it's really frustrating. And I think, like, about, like, my children and I hope that they – I do a well enough job where they feel like they can date and love whoever they want, you know, however they may identify like that. I will always like accept that. And if you think about it, everyone is biracial. If you've taken a 23 and me, (laughs) ain't nobody a hundred percent anything. (laughs) So welcome to the club. (laughs) No, but really like, I mean, you white, you white, you know? (laughs) I'm Irish, Scandinavian, <laughs> Norwegian. <laughs> no, but I'm like, okay, girl. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but I think moving forward, I mean, I think it's important for everyone involved, like not just people who are biracial or in a interracial relationship. Mm-hmm. Like this is for everyone. Like it's important to continue just trying to learn and understand yeah. other people's perspectives, backgrounds, cultures, and like not assuming things if you don't know. Yeah. Or even be creepy with, like, fetishes. So I remember, like, I used to have, when I was single, like, sometimes white guys would hit on me and be, like, saying disgusting, like, stereotypical Latina things. Like, hey, mommy. I'd be like, oh, fuck, no. Get out of my face. I forget which documentary. or I was watching, I think, um, Explained on Netflix. Mm. And I, I think it was, the topic was, like, something about sex. But there was this lady who was talking and she's like, Women of color are so, um, uh, fetishized. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, if you were to like, um, 
I don't know, research like porn or like sex scenes in mm-hmm. movies, the women of color are always like, oh, like exaggerating, like mm. screaming or they're like Latina dro- screaming in Spanish or something. Yeah, dress super provocative, like for so long it's been like women of color so like sexualized and everything yeah like Sofia Vergara if you watch like her old <gasps> movies yeah how they always dressed her how they always had her act like, I mean even in modern family like, oh she yeah dresses very and like she hella exaggerates her accent oh yeah and what does she play like um Columbia like a ditzy yeah. like a Colombian woman is like you know super like out there you know I guess sometimes stereotypical Latina. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, go her for making her money, but also like it sucks to have to see that stereotype all the time. Um, and you think about like, you know, like women of color are so objectified and fetishized. And then you see like white women, like, like in white and like, they're so pure and you don't want to deflower them, but you know, you want to fuck the shit out of like a woman of color, you know? Oh yeah. And then in all those movies that are like rom-coms, they're like, hold a really high office job and live in like a nice condo and they always dress really like trendy and classy. And then you've got a woman of color in there. Like she's sassy, her little sassy friend, her boobs are out. It's like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. And she's stereotypical. Like, Oh girl, blah, blah. And I'm like, the worst was my mom would get, cause my mom's always worked around like a bunch of white pervy men. And she would always get like, Oh, you're so feisty. Ew. And I'm like, yuck. That is so disrespectful. Like, I hate that. oh, I can't. Or I hate when people like I can tell like in an ugly way they'll be like, "Hola, Brittany," and I'm like, "Ew, leave me alone." Just say hello. <laughs> I know. Like, if you're just being an asshole, like literally, just stop. Grassy ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's certain things that like people do that they think like, "Oh, I'm being funny," or like. Yeah. I, I'm trying to, like, click with this person, but doing it that way is, like, not the right way to go. No, it's not. And, like, don't look to be in, like, a interracial relationship because you have that nasty-ass fetish or whatever. Oh, or yeah. Or you want, like, a to, like, be dominating, like, a certain woman. Like, I know a lot of, you know, there's cases, like, a lot of my Asian girlfriends like they'll talk about white men really go after them because they think that you know they're submissive Mm, I could yeah you know what I'm saying and I'm like that's disgusting yeah it is or um you'll see like a lot of like sugar daddies with like young women of color usually like young black women and it's because they think like more submissive I have more control over them um they'll like quote unquote like do more yeah and it's like that's so disgusting they don't have to treat them that well yeah we like we we just need to change try yeah. harder to change and just have like empathy for each other I think definitely in a mo- interracial relationship like it's a sharing of empathy and like trying to understand each other's different experiences yeah because I think at the end you're really combining two cultures mm-hmm. and I think it's really cool. Like you're, you're gaining a new perspective yeah. and you're looking at the world differently and, and you can really like something beautiful can really come from it. Mm-hmm. Oh, like bringing each other's traumas together. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I've learned a lot about Chris's like Chinese background. I, 
Um, you know, I've learned how to make some like Chinese dishes, like their celebrations that they do. And I think it's so cool. Yeah. In some ways it's like really similar to both of my backgrounds. Like mm-hmm. they do a lot of things with, you know, their family and, um, yeah, it's, it's really crazy. Like at the end of the day, how, how much all of us are alike, mm-hmm. but there's things that separate us that mm-hmm. I don't know why, why they should there. be viewed as like really like negative separations where it's like it's okay to be different like people say like I don't see color and I'm like no you do and it's okay you know like you should you better see my brown skin (laughs) for real I'm like you know like people are proud of their cultures and it's okay to see that difference but it's not negative you know it only makes like life richer yeah I I 100% agree Yeah. yeah well thanks for um listening to us guys yeah and if you guys have like any articles or any documentaries or like anything to add to this like feel free to like reach out and let us know because i love to hear like new statistics yeah um you know just if you are hearing anything about like the topics we talk about Mm -hmm. um or anything you feel like we should cover yeah let us know or anything that I've stated incorrectly, like, yeah. call me out, correct, like, you know what I mean? For so, real, call her ass out. Drag us. <laughs> Beat Not her on ass. social media. <laughs> <laughs> but as always, thank you for listening. Yes. We appreciate it. Yeah. Don't leave us. <laughs> You'll hear from us again. We're not done. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, until next time. Bye. Bye.